Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond Podcast with Cincinnati host Stephen Brittingham. Experience meaningful and in-depth interviews with Hollywood's most interesting people. Enjoy the show. You can receive all the latest episodes of Hollywood and Beyond with Stephen Brittingham delivered to your favorite listening device by subscribing to the show on Apple Podcasts, Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, or whatever happens to be your favorite podcast listening service. Don't miss out. Tune in. Hi, this is Carrie Denzel, actor, producer, creator, and writer of State of Slay. I invite you all to join me on my blog, stateofslay.com. Slay in this case being an acronym for self-love appreciate you. As I talk about my journey from the darkness of depression to living in the light today and finding self-love and forgiveness for myself. It is a sense of community, a place of sharing, of love, and a place where we inspire and encourage one another. So come and join me and all the other Slayers at stateofslay.com. Slay on. Hi, this is host Stephen Brittingham. You are just moments away from my interview with the lovely and talented Andrea Evans. Daytime Memories. Be sure to listen to Andrea's first appearance here on Hollywood and Beyond. She joined director Min Collins as they both shared the -the behind-the-scenes story of Rocking the Couch, a powerful documentary about sexual harassment within the film industry. Now available here on Hollywood and Beyond. Thank you. An avalanche of sexual assault allegations. When I first arrived to L.A., I didn't know what to do at all. I had no friends. I didn't know where to go. So I just kind of took it upon myself to learn things. Of course, um, I went on Craigslist. For a, uh, saying an independent film, uh, they needed a woman in my age range. So I submitted my headshot and resume. I got a call to come in. And when I came to the casting, it was in an apartment building. I wanted to know if I could meet with him later on that evening. Uh, around 7, 7.30, which was basically after closing. It seemed to be a dinner and drinks thing. And, you know, I was like 25 at the time, so I was like, okay, well, I don't know what standard protocol is. The whole dinner was not based anything on my project, and I kept trying to steer it into that direction. And he opened the door and turned off the light, around and locked the door, and started pushing me toward the bedroom. And I said, what are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? So I go and shove him off me. And he said, do you know you want to do this? Talent agent was arrested for sexual assault. And they were looking to use my one of my detectives undercover to try and assist their investigation. Uh, apparently there had been several victims um, that stated he, they were sexually either harassed or assaulted by him. From Wallace K to Harvey Weinstein, all these sexual assault victims could have been possibly prevented if the Wallace K case wasn't swept underneath the carpet. Hi, this is Carrie Mitchum. Welcome to Hollywood and Beyond with your host, Stephen Brittingham. Enjoy the show. Hi, this is host Stephen Brittingham. Thank you for listening and welcome to Hollywood and Beyond podcast, your home for meaningful 
and in-depth interviews. Imagine portraying a character on a daytime television soap opera that is not only extremely popular, but goes on to become iconic. My extra special guest today is the lovely and talented actress, Andrea Evans. And that iconic character I mentioned was Tina Roberts on ABC's One Life to Live, a role that was wildly popular with viewers would be betrayed by Andrea on and off for decades to come. It's a letter to Victor from my mother. You have another daughter. A beautiful blonde baby I've named Tina. Enclosed is her birth certificate. As you know, I have been very torn about what happened between us that night at Lamp Fair. baby girl in my arms has changed some of them. We may have been wrong, but Tina somehow makes us right. I hope one day that you and she can find each other. I mean... Along the way, she brought her amazing talents over to the young and the restless as Patty Williams in the early 80s, eventually portraying Tawny Moore on another Bill Bell television production on CBS, The Bold and the Beautiful, in a memorable role as Amber Moore's mother. She and Adrian Franz provided viewers with numerous engaging moments. She even brought her impressive talents over to NBC's Passions. I mean, talk about making a mark on daytime. My special guest uh, most certainly has done that. And most recently was involved in the powerful documentary, Rocking the Couch. Andrea returns to the show, and I couldn't be more honored or pleased. Uh, Welcome back to Hollywood and Beyond, Andrea. Well, thank you. Thank you for having me. Most welcome. It's so nice to have you here today. Well, this is your second visit on the show, so that means I'm doubly honored. And I had such a wonderful time, even though it was a very serious topic. I had such a wonderful time having you and director Mean Collins discuss Rocking the Couch, a a very Mm -hmm. uh, uh, gripping and important documentary. I thought I would ask you and start with an update on Rocking the Couch. Okay. How has uh, all of that been going since we last spoke with each other? Well, Rocking the Couch has really been doing well. Um, it's really my first uh, going as an executive producer, and I couldn't be more pleased. I think we have a 4.7 out of 5-star rating on Amazon Prime, where you can catch the uh, documentary. And a whole lot of views. It's gone, I think since we talked to you too, it's gone all around the world. Pretty much anywhere where they speak English, you can watch Rocking the Couch. So um, we're really, really pleased with that. I mean, we have a big following in Australia. I've done a lot of television interviews there. Uh, it's in the UK. It's in South Africa. It's in New Zealand. Um, it's, um, it's doing really well. So thank you for asking. 
most welcome. Congratulations. I know you worked very hard Thank on you. it, and it was something very important to you. I'd like to go ahead and let the listeners know out there that the episode uh, is available, and I uh, even included a special preview on this episode with information how you can listen to it here on Hollywood and Beyond. It's really a very in-depth and uh, informative uh, uh, episode. Well, once again, congratulations, and, and today you return to share some memories and thoughts about your, wow, amazing career, Andrea. I just have the utmost respect for all that you've accomplished, and even though my knowledge of specialty with daytime is more specifically with the Bill Bell Productions, of course I'm familiar mm-hmm. with <laughs> One Life to Live and, and all of the other daytime dramas. I made it a point to uh, make sure I knew about uh, different actors and, and characters and situations on those shows. And of course, I knew all about you years ago, always impressed whenever I saw your work. But I thought I would ask Andrea, where are you from, and when did this interest in acting first start for you? Well, I'm, I'm originally from a small town outside Chicago called Downers Grove, Illinois. Um, and, you know, my mother would have told you that I came out of the womb knowing what I wanted to do. I just always wanted to be an actress. I never thought of, dreamed of, considered doing anything else, ever. Wow. So you knew... Uh right from the beginning. I did. I did. In fact, I, uh, I think my daughter liked this story. I like to tell her that, you know, I had my Barbie dolls, my Barbie and Ken. And whereas my other friends wanted to play house with the Barbie and Ken or whatever, I would act out movies I had seen on Saturday morning television, like, like an ancient Tarzan movie or something. And I'd take Ken and I'd take um, sewing thread and I'd make him a vine tie it to his little wrist and have him fly from one lamp to the next, you know, as Tarzan and then Barbie would be Jane. I was just always fascinated with uh, film and television. Thanks for sharing that. That is something else. And Andrea, I must tell you that we have something in common because when I was also very young, I used to put on my own plays and make my friends be in them. And I was always the director and the writer and one of the stars. <laughs> and um, so I, and then if they weren't around, Andrea, I would just do it myself, a one-man show and play all the characters. Hey, you know, a lot of people do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, imagination, that is a, a, a crucial part of acting, isn't it? Well, yes. And also, I think it's a crucial part of life, for a happy life, to, to know where your interests are, you know, and to find a way to make a living while doing that. Well said. Thank you. Well, um, now, your early experiences as an actress, was this uh, theater by chance? Uh, it was theater, it was commercials, um, and then um, I very much went more professional when um, uh, a miniseries was being cast in um, southern Illinois, in the in Springfield, Illinois, and in the um, cabins that Abraham Lincoln built. Oh, wow. It was a pioneer epic called The Awakening Land. It still airs all over, um, on the, uh, based on the Pulitzer Prize-winning novels of Conrad Richter about uh, people, um, you know, pioneering and settling the United States. And it was a three-night, I think NBC, I know it was a Warner Brothers um, miniseries, and I had a principal role in that. And um, it it was sort of my first, um, you know, 
venture into really, really serious acting. I had done commercials and things before, but um, this was really important. Before that, I had done a film called The Fury that was done on location. I was actually hired as an extra, and then they plucked me out of the uh, crowd and gave me a small role. Unfortunately, the small role got cut. So oh, no. I know, but hey, that happens all the time. It, it does, but, doesn't so, it? It does. And um, so I still appear to be an extra in the movie, even though um, I got my SAG card through it, and it was my first actual role, um, and it, um, which was done right before that miniseries. And then, um, actually, the people at ABC saw me in the miniseries and flew me out to audition and then moved me to New York City to do the role. In The Fury, this was with Kurt Douglas? Yes. The first one was The Fury, and then The Awakening Land was with Elizabeth Montgomery and Hal Holbrook. Wow. And then I noticed that you uh, went on to appear, I believe, shortly afterwards uh, on the television program Chips. I, yes, I did. That was a few <laughs> years later, but yes, I did. Uh, yeah, yes. <laughs> and you know, it's funny about that one. That one airs all over the world all the time. It is one of those TV shows that the world seems to be fascinated by. <laughs> and um, it air. I have seen myself in like three or four different languages on that show. Oh, wow. That must be an interesting experience. <laughs> because it just, it just airs everywhere at all kinds of different times. It's one of those TV shows. What can I say? Yeah, you're right. You know what? Uh, growing up in the 80s, Andrea, I remember seeing tons of reruns of Chips all over the place. And they're still there. <laughs> and they're still there all these decades later. So you are correct. It's a, it's a show that, that has definitely uh, re- remained around for people to view. No doubt about it. Yeah, it does. Yeah, some people overseas seem to really like those chippers. What can I say? Now, I'm very curious, Andrea, if you don't mind me asking. I've never really heard you discuss uh, training as far as, as an actress. I mean, were you attending classes? Um, did you more self-taught? or like, like, I've just never heard you discuss that, so I thought I'd uh, ask you now. Well, that's because there isn't much of it. <laughs> I see. On the job training, perhaps. <laughs> well, a lot of it is, yeah. Yeah, I learned a lot of it. You know, because even though if you go to schools and you learn, um, I did go to the University of Illinois. When you study theater, whatever, you learn theater, which is wonderful, and that's an art in itself. But you don't really learn television and film. That, for me, came through practice. That came from, you know, on-the-job training, essentially. Um, sure. You know, I learned as I went. And, and you already had, uh, obviously, the talent there. So, um, Well, I like to think so. <laughs> Well, you, you certainly did. Trust me on this, Andrea. Well, the um, adventure that would become One Life to Live on ABC. So uh, any interesting story with uh, the audition for Tina? Um, just that, like with most of my jobs that I have gotten, I'm almost always convinced that I did not get it. I don't know why. I don't have a good instinct about what jobs I get and which ones I don't. I remember they, they flew me out to meet with me, and then they flew me back to Illinois. And then about a month later, they flew me out to screen test. And then I went back. Um, they, I, I think I flew out on a Thursday. Uh, I didn't hear anything on Friday morning or Friday afternoon. And I thought, well, no, I guess I didn't get the job. And then, um, then I got a phone call from ABC Wardrobe on Saturday. So... 
I assumed I did. They called me on Sunday, asked me to fly out. I did. And I started work that morning, Monday morning. Wow. Very fast moving once the ball got rolling there. Yes. Wow. And just, uh, wow, you would go on to just so many years, of course, on and off, like I described earlier, for various reasons. And um, did did you ever imagine at that time that uh, you would be a part of One Life to Live for as long as you eventually would be? No, I actually didn't. But, you know, you never know. And I've been very fortunate because I think um, a lot of daytime rappers get, uh, actors get a bad rap for um, staying on their shows forever. And, you know, which I totally understand. I personally like to leave and come back and do different roles and um, because I didn't become an actor to just do one role. But at the same time, uh, Tina on One Life to Live was such a special role and a role that I will always be identified with and that I'm very proud of. So I was always thrilled and happy to come back and play her. Now, was there ever a moment that you can recall, Andrea, where you went, wow, I mean, I'm really starting to portray a character that is extremely popular and this is really getting (laughs) exciting and interesting i mean was it a did it take a while for that to happen like like that sensation um or was it uh rather quickly no i think in the after i left one life to live the first time and then i went and did um young and the restless out on the west and then i moved back and when they brought me back to do new uh one life to live and moved me back it was clear there was something special about it. And I think it's really the eighties and that time was really kind of the golden era of daytime television, you know, and you could just feel it in the air. The, the money was there. The locations were there, the support from the networks and the huge audiences. I mean, I think until that point, daytime was, you know, it didn't have those kind of audiences and nothing nowadays has those kind of audiences. Uh, that sort of success truly does not exist, you know, because nowadays you have streaming, you have everything and people watch different shows or whatever. But back in like 1983 and 1984, if you were watching daytime television, you pretty much only had three choices. And um, so, you know, we'd get numbers like of 65 million people. Well, that's sort of, that's unheard of and probably pretty near impossible nowadays. So, yeah, it was, a, it was a different feel, a different um, excitement about it. And I think, uh, you know, it was a really good time to be doing daytime television. Andrea, uh, going to the West Coast from the East Coast, and, you know, mm-hmm. you mentioned the uh, three choices or the three networks, uh, ABC, mm-hmm. CBS, NBC, of course. And you know what, mm-hmm. Andrea, that I really noticed at a young age as, as I was uh, developing an interest in acting myself in the 80s. You know, I first became a viewer of Loving very briefly during its very ah. early years. And I went, wow, this is kind of interesting. It, it, and uh-huh. then, of course, I had school and things like that. But it did leave an, Im- a, 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 you know, an impression on me. But when mm-hmm. I started watching The Young and the Restless, I was instantly mm-hmm. hooked with all of those close-ups and that big music and these mm-hmm. emotional storylines. I mean, uh, my imagination was going wild. I really, really enjoyed it. So I just wanted to, um, 
to ask you, I mean, did you notice that how the net, all three networks had their own kind of uh, look and feel for their shows? Like when I would tune, tune into One Life to Live, it just had a different lighting. And when you tune into a show on CBS, it was a little bit darker, a little bit different. And the same for NBC. It's kind of interesting how they all had their own, like, their own style for each network. Oh, absolutely. And that's very astute of you. I've never had anybody ask me that, but totally. You, you would know, and certainly if you were familiar with the daytime, with, with daytime television at that time, if you'd seen a scene of one of the shows and did not know, you know, nobody told you what it was. It was all new actors that you hadn't seen before. But the lighting, the, the style, everything would be very different. Uh, like you mentioned, the Bill Bell shows. Um, I, I love the Bell family. I mean, I worked for Bill and, 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 and Lee and, and, and then years later went on to work for um, Bradley and their shows have a certain feel to it, a certain glamour. I think that that's just different shots, different, different ways they, they show it that were distinctly a Bill Bell production, you know, and, and, but if you went over to one life to live, it had a, a particular look, or if you went to days of our lives, um, it had a particular look. They all had their own different look and feel and storylines like, say, Days of Our Lives still has a little bit of that. They kind of go into the weird supernatural kind of thing, sort of, kind of. Passions, definitely. We were, I think, at Passions, we were ahead of our time. Because if, if you look at television now, so much of it is supernatural-based. And that number one show, I'm being supernatural, the show, or, or Lucifer, or the show, or whatever. It's all based on all this weird supernatural stuff and one of our main storylines and two of our main actors is we had a witch and a doll you know which were our, our, our main <laughs> thing but it had a particular look a very uh, unique approach yes yes yeah, yeah, very unique approach so they, they all had a different feel a different and a different style andrea um I started watching The Young and the Restless after you had already exited, unfortunately. Okay. I, I'm sure I would have enjoyed uh, uh, your portrayal as, as Patty Williams. Of course, the sister to Paul Williams by the very talented Doug Davidson. And a sweet, wonderful man, I might add. Oh, I'm not Doug. surprised to hear that. I'm not yeah, surprised very. to hear that. Um, and I can't wait to ask you more about Doug. But to give you an idea, I believe Jess Walton had just taken over as Jill Abbott, and they had Philip and Cricket and Nina, kind of like that time frame. And Terry Lester was still portraying Jack Abbott. I've never forgotten his performance. We were very much, uh, you know, we worked together constantly, and I thought Terry was really a very good actor. He was uh, very easy to work with, good actor, always, always present in his scenes, and um, really really good and he had a you know he, he had a, this kind of this easygoing feeling at times but he also had that touch of devious <laughs> deviousness yeah. and that made him very interesting exactly i really appreciate you uh mentioning that and 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 you know um i haven't talked to many people that got to work with terry is is there anything about him as an actor other than what you've mentioned that stands out in your mind as you look back no i just i remember just Working with him and really enjoying his work, I thought he was very much underrated, actually, at the time. I thought I thought he was such a good actor. Um, and as I said, he was always prepared, always, always good. Um, I never had any issues with him whatsoever. Um, really nice man. And back to Doug. 
you were uh, singing his praises there. So what was it like working with Doug Davidson? Doug was great. And um, we became friends. I remember going to his wedding, and he was just such a nice man. Easy going, easy, easy on the eyes, and easy to work with. And his wife, Cindy, was lovely, and um, they were just nice, nice people. Now, was the character becoming a private investigator at that time, do you remember? I don't remember, to be honest. Gotcha. gotcha. I, I really don't. Well, when I had started watching, he was already a private investigator. And I'll share this with you, Andrea. Uh, he was one of the reasons why I wanted to keep watching. It's that I, I just found Doug's portrayal of Paul back in those days in particular just very emotional. And uh, he, 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 he uh, you know, he had a great sense of humor and wonderful screen presence, but he was also an actor that could deliver the goods. And and um, mm-hmm. I've always admired Doug very much. So uh, I, I've also heard he has a, a wonderful sense of humor. Yes, he does. <laughs> Just an all-around nice guy. I mean, you have good taste if he was one of your favorites. I approve. Now, I can't wait to ask you about uh, Bill Bell. So did you uh, have much interaction with Bill as you were auditioning or as you were portraying Patty? Well, a certain amount, yes. And um, I, like I said, I always admired him. Uh, he, you know, He was truly a pioneer in daytime television and... I mean, he and Agnes Nixon were two of the people that basically created that medium, and I was very honored to work for both of them and um, was kind of always a little bit in awe of them. Another thing, his wife, Lee Phillips Bell, was a, was a local TV star in Chicago, where they are from, so I grew up watching her. I remember I'd be home from school, and my mother would always watch her. Wow. And, um, so you actually saw so was, Mrs. Bell on television. Yes, I did. And um, I remember my mother was always just saying, how does her hair always look so perfect? (laughs) (laughs) Well, Andrea, I'm so excited to ask you because no one's ever said that to me before. I mean, uh, do you remember like her style uh, or anything that stands out? I mean, other than her hair, of course. I was just a little girl, so I don't really remember that. I remember she was a very pretty blonde woman on the TV and I remember my mother saying that. That's kind of all I really remember. Gotcha. Well, she definitely left her mark in the industry as well. There's no question about oh, that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Now, um, I noticed that you were on The Young and the Restless for just a few years. Was uh, there mm-hmm. any particular reason for this? Well, no. I think the story I, I was brought in on was to do the, the story where Patty, at the time, I got amnesia and shot Jack. And, um, so it was kind of a natural story arc. And then right as I was getting ready to leave Young and the Restless, uh, One Life to Live called asking me to come back. So it's kind of, you know, I don't even remember exactly what happened there, but, you know, so I left, uh, Young and the Restless and pretty much just walked right over to Landview over on One Life to Live. <laughs> you left Genoa City and, 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 and yeah. went to, uh, to Landview, so that that's not too bad of a deal. And like you said, your character actually shot Jack Abbott, so um, that's kind yeah. of an iconic moment as well. Oh, it was very much an iconic moment, and um, a big moment on the show at the time, and uh, a lot of fun to portray, so I, I really did enjoy it. Well, uh, the clips that I've seen, you've done an outst- you did an outstanding job, as, as usual. And, and returning to One Life to Live, was it like just riding a bike, or did you feel like you had to kind of shake off the cobwebs and, when you portrayed Tina again? 
no, Tina has always been, and I always say, you know, Tina is, you know, um, we're, we're two very different personalities in the same body. Because she is, I mean, I will never again uh, have a a role that I can take from being a teenager to to a middle-aged woman, you know, and that that in itself is a rare thing. Um, And the honor of being able to go back and forth and do other roles in between, but still come back and do Tina and portray her. And it, it has always, when I have left and come back, been like, second nature to sort of slip into her skin. And even though we are very different, um, there's parts of her that are familiar and always will be. So, yeah, it's like putting on a glove. It, it's um, I never had to brush off any cobwebs for Tina. Not <laughs> at all. I'm not surprised to hear that. You're definitely a total pro. And um, you're so good at creating characters. Um, Thank you. And, uh, I, I, because I really enjoyed your time on The Bold and the Beautiful because I was also a Bold and Beautiful watcher. No surprise, since I enjoyed Y&R so much. And uh, I was very excited that you were there. Uh, now, there, you just worked with so many people on One Life to Live. live the, the, the list goes on and on, to be honest. But So I just thought I would ask you, is there a few people you'd like to mention that you just in particular just really had you know an extra good time with or there was just something special about working with them? As far as the actors are concerned, there, there's one actress on there, that, and, and we still keep in touch. And she also is very important to me um, because I will never again have a working relationship with an actor that I have had over the decades that I've had with Erica Slezak, who portrayed my originally my um, guardian, who then I found out was actually my sister. Um, and, you know, we've just had a wonderful working relationship for like, you know, 30, 40 years. And I, you know, that, that is very rare. I learned a whole lot from her. I have nothing but respect for her. And, um, her work was just always amazing. And again, she taught me so much. No surprise about that. Um, she was definitely a huge part of one life to live. When you bring up one life to live, you can't help but think of her. Absolutely. And, uh, she did such an amazing job. And, um, yeah, we still keep in touch. When, when my parents passed, uh, you know, I heard from her because she'd heard from, hear from the grapevine. And um, I contacted her about rocking the couch. She was going to watch it. And, um, yeah, she's just been a huge influence in my career. Well, thanks for sharing that. And, of course, you had a gentleman that you co-starred with for so many years. Uh, mm-hmm. Big-time love interest on the show. Uh, I pretty sure that you two were considered as they called back in those days a super couple remember those phrases that we used to hear uh super couples (laughs) and that was john laprina and uh, i remember seeing his work as well and he did an outstanding job of course and what was it like working with uh john john and i have always gotten along um in fact we even did uh, the play love letters together in um I think it was in late 1990s or something in Vermont. We went and did that. And um, we've worked together off and on all these years. And a funny, a small, strange little story, a coincidence about us. John told me that um, he and I actually grew up about 15 minutes away from each other and actually competed against each other in a high school speech contest. Wow. (laughs) 
That's amazing. That is something else. So it's a small world. Yeah, he's also an Illinois, an Illinois boy. Grew up in a suburb of Illinois, of Chicago, and um, we didn't really know each other, but we certainly met each other later. I see. Well, if we shift gears and go over to the bold and the beautiful, um, as Tawny Moore, Amber's mother. So, when you think back to your time on the bold and the beautiful, what comes to mind for you? Oh, working with Adrian, obviously, and we are still close. And, um, we always got a lot. Again, she's a nice Midwestern girl. She's from Michigan, and um, we had a lot in common. And um, I really enjoyed working with her. Coming back and working with Bradley over there at the Bold and Beautiful was just a lot of fun. And um, going to Italy with the show was amazing. And uh, you know, it's just a very, very good experience all the way around. Both times that I've done it, because I've come back for the role as well. And um, we'd love to come back again because it's so much fun. Well, it'd be wonderful to see you on The Bold and the Beautiful again. No question about that. And, and I'll tell you what, uh, Adrienne, she's uh, so dynamic in her performance as Amber. She's so entertaining to watch, both on Y&R and B&B. I agree. She's a very good actress, and we have a lot of fun. In fact, we both share a fondness of Disneyland. So every now and then, we oh, have been nice. known to bring our daughters and go to Disneyland. That's wonderful. And I, I, she certainly ranks up there as one of my favorites, to be honest with you, Andrea. Oh, I, I just think she's so good. I, I just, she, she's yeah. one of those people that comes on the screen, and you just want to keep watching her and see what she does. I agree. And, and I agree. She, she brought a lot of heart to her role. Well, and no wonder you two had such good on-screen chemistry together, Andrea, because, you know, with your skill level and, 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 and just your talents and her talents, it was a really good idea to put you two together. Yeah, it was really great. I remember when Brad called, just kind of out of the blue to offer me the role. Uh, I was thrilled because I had watched, you know, Adrian in the role and really enjoyed her work and um, was really looking forward to working with her. And it turned out to be a great experience. Well, when we uh, move forward to the end of One Life to Live, obviously that had to be a very emotional experience for all of those actors who had worked on it for so many years. You know, when something like that comes to an end, it's got to be difficult sometimes just to walk away. Um, what was your feelings, though, when the show came to an end? Did you feel that, you know, this is just very unfortunate, or did you feel that, okay, maybe it has actually run its course? No, I felt... Um I thought there were so many more decades left to one life to live, you know, story that could be told. And, um, I, I thought it was a shame. It was canceled. I I still think to this day, it was a mistake from the network because they've never really been able to replace it. And, um, I, but then I have a particular fondness for it. I mean, I was on it for so long and started so young. It's kind of like somebody bulldozed over my high school. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. You know, it, it was kind of a shock, and, and for a shock for me, because One Life to Live has always been there in my life. So to not have it there is kind of weird. And I think um, I think the networks greatly have underestimated daytime television audiences and their love of these programs and their the way that they are intergenerational and, you know, just passed on. And there isn't anything else like that on television. And I, I think it is a mistake. I, I constantly hear rumors of rebooting, which I think is a fabulous idea. I think the audience is there. I agree. 
Um, and I, I was sad to hear about One Life to Live, you know, leaving the airwaves myself because of like, mm-hmm. like you described, it, it, it's of great value. And I uh, have no doubt whatsoever that there was plenty of stories that could be uh, told if it had remained on the air. And you're right, oh, Andrea. Uh, daytime television is special. Uh, in my opinion, it has some of the hardest working people in the industry. Uh, memorization, uh, you know, uh, daily performances, and all that goes along with that. I have just utmost respect for them, and and they and many of them make it look easy, uh, don't they, Andrea? That I mean, you watch them, and and and, and, and they're so good at what they do that uh, you know sometimes folks may not realize just uh, how much work and goes into portraying a character on a soap opera. Well, I think on any aspect of the entertainment industry, I think people always assume all of it is much easier than it is. It's actually a lot of hard work and long hours, whether you're doing a film or you're doing a soap opera or you're doing a a play. And the trick is you are doing, you're, you're doing your job well if it appears easy to everybody else. That's a sign that you're doing it right. Well, um, uh, as far as life today, um, is there any projects down the road that um, you would like to uh, bring up today? Well, as I said, I'm, but my current project I have been publicizing and spending a lot of time on right now has been um, Rocking the Couch, which is on Amazon Prime. Yes. I, I am also, and it gets kind of lost in the shuffle, I'm also on the, the show The Bay, which is on Amazon Prime as That's well. That's right. So I, I think that's a big part of the future of daytime television, too, or just soap operas if you want to, because whether they're daytime or primetime, it's the same thing. And now you will have streaming soap operas, which is what this is. And I think a lot of the audience is going there. And I think um, it's interesting how the medium is kind of evolving. So I was kind of slow to get onto the um, streaming side of things. But when Gregory asked me to do the Bay, I, I was happy to do it. And it was a very enjoyable experience. Well, I want to thank you for sharing a lot of your memories with me and the listeners today. And it's just always a very pleasurable experience speaking with you. Well, thank you so much. Send host Stephen Brittingham your comments and questions to Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. That is Hollywood and Beyond Show at gmail.com. Stephen looks forward to hearing from you soon.